I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Trigger warning for discussions of sexual assault, child trafficking, and eating disorders. Someplace underneath. You know, last week I was really sure and happy about the fact that I didn't have to think about Jeffrey Epstein's egg dick anymore. Mm, that big old egg dick just squirting, <laughs> squirting out yolks. Well, technically, sadly, it's a tiny egg from what they've, oh, that's they've said. Sad. Like a little, like a pigeon egg? Yeah. <laughs> like a little, <laughs> a little robin's egg. egg. <laughs> oh, his little robin's egg pee-pee. Yeah. Ugh. Well... I really, really wanted to not talk about it anymore, but even more so, I like to talk about women. Oh, I love women. Yeah. And here at Someplace Underneath Hello, I'm your host, Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. We love men as well, and we love non-binary people. But in this instance, I thought it would be really important for us and interesting for us to go and look at the other co-conspirators the females uh, around Jeffrey Epstein who were not Ghislaine Maxwell, they aren't technically what we would call missing, but along the same vein as Ghislaine, I consider them sort of missing from justice at the moment. We are in this weird time capsule of COVID era where all the court dates have been pushed back and back and back. Yeah, and they'll be forgotten about. It just takes one tsunami somewhere in the world, right. and then they're going to forget about it. Right. And and so in certain ways, they are at the moment missing from justice. I think probably when Ghislaine finally goes to trial, it, they won't be able to just hide, but Sometimes they do get to do that. And and I think it is important to talk about that because I think along the lines of the, the missing women that we talk about, a lot of them are the victims, but sometimes women can use the, just as Ghislaine did, the safety guise of being female to sort of escape justice. Oh, yeah. I'm a lady. I'm fine. It's like right. some sort of antiquated belief. But women are people and people can be 
horrible. Yes. So we as feminists also believe women can be pieces of shit. Absolutely. <laughs> a woman can hit your dog with a car and then cry about it and then get away with it in court. That and that I wonder how many times that's actually happened because I bet it's been a lot. I'm sorry I hit your dog. I'm just a woman and I'm crazy. <laughs> I was having my period. <laughs> I can't be blamed. I can't. But the thing with um, sex trafficking is I'm sure, you know, if you are in the system, this is all you know. Like, I'm a bartender because my family is, they're in the restaurant business. My mother's always cooking. My brother's a chef. I have two brothers that are chefs. So I'm just going, okay, I go in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not sex trafficking, but you know. <laughs> Isn't it, though, in a different way? I know. I can make mac and cheese. I don't diddle children. Yeah. Well, that is another thing that we, I think, need to talk about and should talk about is the gradations of who is a victim, who is a villain, and when do they switch over or were they always villains? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think the courts get it really wrong. And I think some of our antiquated laws get it wrong. And so these four women, I want to talk about them and their very unique stories. Just a quick breakdown of their lives and then kind of yeah. just let people decide. Think and, for yourself. And let us decide. And, and I think morally and uh, ethically, we as a society need to have these discussions. So without further ado, <laughs> we have Sarah Kellen, Adriana Ross, Leslie Groff, and Nadia Marcinkova. These are the women who were in Epstein's non-prosecution agreement, if you'll recall from one of our past episodes discussing Ghislaine. In 2008, he finally reached an agreement because he got to somehow just choose his own prison sentence. Mm. Uh, I say prison with quotes, of course, because he was given, he was allowed to leave at night and he could do whatever he wanted anyway. So um, in that, he created this contact, this uh, NPA, which said that these four women could not be prosecuted in any crimes related to him. However, fortunately, they are able to kind of work around the language of it so that it only really applies to Florida crimes. So they can still be charged in these Ghislaine, I feel like they're going to all start turning on each other pretty quick. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, I feel like if you're a court of law and there's like a human trafficking ring, the working around the language, you don't really have to worry about. Can't you just like take your gavel and be like, ding, 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 they're in jail? You know what I mean? There, I think that it would be very difficult to come up with a piece of paper that prohibited you from getting legally uh charged yeah. if you are literally shuffling children to pedophiles. Yeah. I don't think you can just sign a contract and be like, I'm free, oh, I'm fine. No doozies. No Sorry. Doozies. It's like when a president can't get something done and they're just like, well, we got a debate. I'm like, you're the president. You go do the thing. What do you mean you have to ask? You're the top notch guy. <laughs> yeah. I guess probably that's good in a lot of circumstances because a lot of our presidents have been bads. <laughs> and dumbs. Mm, if I'm president, all dolphins get in sunglasses. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Staple it to their heads. Yeah. Hell yeah. It sounds fun. And then you learn about the process to get the sunglasses on the dolphins. Oh, my God. You know? So who's this Sarah Kellen bitch? <laughs> um, again, this is very shameful that he was granted this. And so 
while I suppose he was trying to protect these women in this very twisted sort of way, he's actually just shining a big spotlight onto them, like a floodlight going, these people are probably child traffickers, but you can't do anything about it. Uh, Like, I would never knowingly, of course, associate with a child predator, but if I found out someone I knew was charged and put my name on a document to quote unquote protect me, I'd be like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Get my name out your mouth. Yeah, I don't know you. We don't know each other. Yeah, no, don't put me on anything. I don't want to know what you were doing. No. I wash my hands of you. He put your name on the waiting list at Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, party of two? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is what's happened to these four women. And we're going to talk about how much they deserve it and uh, where they came from. So mm-hmm. first we got... Sarah Kellen, and she's been maybe the one that's been in the news the most. She was born sometime in 1980. It is hard to find the exact date because, like a lot of women in Epstein's life, her backstory is a little nebulous. Mm. She was born to Thomas and Mary Kellen, both extreme, devout Jehovah's Witnesses. Wild. And who are now in their 70s, remain deeply committed to that lifestyle. Jehovah's Witnesses are that's a whole level i've spoken to a lot of um a couple bodybuilders Mm -hmm. like you know those bodybuilders that are like i only boil my chicken and no seasoning yeah and i gotta rip and shred like every single day of the week and Mm -hmm. they like you know burn out or whatever there's a lot of them that were like kicked out of the house at 16 15 for disobeying jehovah's witnesses will kick you out of the house if you disobey yeah we're gonna we're gonna end up doing probably multiple episodes about different jehovah's witness issues with missing people. Yeah. It's in a very extreme and very um, toxic community. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do if you're 16 out on the street? Well, this is sort of what was happening with Sarah. She was around 17 when she was, I'm going to call it, she was given to a 20-year-old, 22-year-old, that is, fellow witness mm-hmm. for marriage named Noah Bonk. Yeah. Um, I say that because it's really not clear whether she was super into this idea or why she was married to, off to him, it could have been as easy as they got caught like necking or something, yeah. and then that's it, game's over for Gotta you. Get married, yeah. So, but seventeen in that church is like a pretty typical age to get married because you can't like forget about sex. You can't even kiss, and these kids are all horny, and they make yeah. the mistake of like, I'll just get married and have sex. Yeah, <laughs> it's Sorry. way worse. Yeah. So, uh, exactly. Uh, this could also be the case that she was just super horned up and, and he was horny. And although I think that age gap is a little weird at that age, they might have both been into it just so they could, you know, bone, go to bone town. Mm-hmm. So the two of them left the family area and moved to Hawaii together, but they were still within the Jehovah community, but they just went to the Hawaii branch. It's hard for me to imagine a teen who's never left home not being able to, like, enjoy Hawaii or have any kind of fun there. Oh, no, yeah. Hawaii's like bathing suits and tiki drinks. Yeah, yeah. And not just like neck to ankle dresses. Yeah. And, you know, maybe some people are super into it, but it's hard for me to imagine. And it's also apparently not what Sarah was into. Um, so she, I think because of being maybe in this new world, it became clear to her that she had hopes and dreams outside of the worldview she grew up with. Mm-hmm. And 
because of her worldly wants, which I think kind of escalated pretty quickly after they were married. Her husband and her split up and she was banished from the church. That's what happens. Divorce, you get banished. You fall in love too early, you get banished. You're banished for everything from that church. Yeah, and this is from the Daily Mail. It was all handled out there. It was very private. That's a committee that meets and they go over everything. You're not privy to the information if you were her parents, Mary explained. She wasn't mistreated or shunned. She made her own choices. She turned her back on Jehovah God. Her conduct went against the standards. It put us in a position where we could not have any association with her unless it was really necessary. Yeah. So if you'll like listen to that wording, it put us in a position. It put us. They're essentially removing any responsibility for their own kid at that point. Mm. And she she may have been married and she may have been legally an adult at that time, but she was still a teenager who really needed guidance, probably. And one of the reasons that Jehovah's Witnesses end up causing all these legal issues and moral issues is because they put the people in the position where they think that they don't have the say anymore on who they get to talk to in their life. The church gets to decide, and they say it right here, it puts us in a position where we could not have an association with her. They remove responsibility from their own life. Yeah, it's just basically. easier. It's easier for your own brain to handle. Yeah, I guess so. Like, you don't have to worry about abandoning your kid because it's what God wants. Yeah, and God's above me, so God knows. Yep. <laughs> what a cult. All right. Yeah, it sucks. But basically, they weren't into her lifestyle because she was doing stuff like modeling. She was being sexy. She was now getting divorced, which is, you know, the worst thing you can do. Uh, but Sarah stayed on in Hawaii under her new circumstances, and it was during this time she gained a new circle of friends and a new boyfriend. Kelly's parents said they lost touch with her when she was cast out of the church for the nude modeling. Mm. It was around this time that Kellen began working for the, this is from the New York Post, that Kellen began working for the 66-year-old dead pedophile when she was 18 or 19. 66-year-old <laughs> dead pedophile. That's a really funny. <laughs> it's great. That does make me smile. Um, so she was 18 or 19, uh, allegedly, when she started working for him. The accounts vary a little bit, mm -hmm. but it was sometime between 18 and like 21 when she started doing work for him. So she is a, a woman who was pushed out, a woman-ish woman who was pushed out of her family home at 17 and then banished from her family entirely yeah, at about 18. Yeah, she had to grow up. She's divorced already at 21. I haven't even been married yet. Look no. how old I am. <laughs> You're the perfect age. <laughs> um, yeah, she, so she did have to grow up really fast, but I think also she wasn't given a lot of guidance as far as what's morally correct or um, mm. even an ability to discern what's good and bad. You're are you like your whole childhood, you're told what's good for you, what's good for you. And now you're in Hawaii, which is like, here's the sun. Here's my pussy hole. You know what I Having mean? Having a great time, Having probably great feeling time. really happy and free. Yeah. Um, and then immediately, you know, another person can swoop in. And basically she went from one cult to the next. Yeah. I'm not saying all of these things because I'm defending what she's done. I'm saying it because for at least that age, that version of Sarah Kellen, I feel bad for her. Yeah. Just, Just understanding why and how someone could be a monster. Yeah. So very surprisingly, her parents said, I think she was manipulated by Epstein due to her age and her circumstances. In my opinion, she's a victim just as much as the others. 
Kellen's dad, Thomas Kellen, told the outlet. She was told what to do and what to say. I feel she is still probably afraid to say anything, even now that he's gone, Thomas continued. So her parents have actually come out and talked to the media about it and even defended her, which I'm pretty surprised about, to be honest, because it's common practice to fully and completely shun at any immediate family who go against the doctrine at the assistance of the church, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she reached full apostate status. Apostate status is basically, basically means it, you're consorting with the devil if you talk to an apostate. An apostate yeah. is like the worst thing you can be within the church. I don't know if she reached that status, but it's surprising that they're defending her, even though they're still kind of just like, yeah, I think she got manipulated. We don't really know because we haven't had any relationship with her or haven't talked to her really very much. But, you know, that sucks for her, essentially, is what they're saying. Yeah. They're um, like acting like a college roommate. Like, I haven't seen him, right. Tony, in a while. You know, Man, that's a bummer. Like, he was cool back in the day. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that's kind of how they're talking about her. So, again, this is where I do I do feel for her. But anyway, Sarah met Epstein somewhere between 19 and 22, like Ooh, I said. That's a prime age. 21, 22, yeah. So somewhere around the year 2000. Now, here's where we face a dilemma. How much of a victim was she and how much of a villain? According to Sarah, she's 100% a victim. Hmm. She claims that Epstein began raping her immediately and manipulated her from the start, which very well may be true. The problem is is that Virginia Guffrey, she is the one who speaks out the most. Teresa Helm, Sarah Ransom, and Marie Farmer all claim that she was a perpetrator as much as Ghislaine was. Damn. In fact, Sarah was known to most people in the circle as Ghislaine's personal assistant. She was making six figures a year. Can I book the raping for you at 3 p.m.? I mean, you joke, but... (laughs) And we know that she maintained her job and connections with him well into her late 20s at the very least. Other sources indicate she was still benefiting from him deep into her 30s. Wow. I mean, I guess if you're just like that young and like just getting raped and then you can be manipulated pretty easily. Yeah. I'm going to fall into it. I'm going to cross compare with some of the other circumstances and how she actually had it a lot easier than some of these other girls. Mm -hmm. And once you start getting into your late 20s, in my mind, and you're still doing this, you lose a lot of compassion for me. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, she was benefiting deep into at least her late 20s, probably longer. This is not the case with many of the recruiters who were brought in as teens. Usually when the girls hit their early 20s, begin to grasp gravity, like we discussed. Mm -hmm. Um, Virginia, you know, we talked about in one of the previous episodes, Virginia fled the country when she was in her early 20s just to get away from him. Wow. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, Hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. 
Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. So was Sarah manipulated? Probably. But so many of Epstein's victims claim that she arranged the massages, kept a log of teens who pleased him, even some stating that she took nude photos of them or helped Ghislaine show them how to pleasure Epstein oh, when they were underage. It's disgusting. Yeah, like she was a hands-on, literally hands-on. Yeah, and you're right. I think once you get like late 20s, because we can all understand being manipulated and you're still an idiot pretty mid, but late 20s, like you've gone to Starbucks and yeah. like seen how people behave. Exactly, and she, at this point too, she was well-traveled because she was with Epstein. She was around. She had tons of money. Yeah, you talk to people who are not in this ring and they're, you must see that this is wrong. Right, and there becomes a point where when are you just doing this to save your own skin and not because... You can't leave. You can't leave. You're, oh, I'm afraid to take a pay cut because what skills do I have? Bitch, you can go to college. Yeah. So you money from this. There, That's when I start to like really go, okay, you made a choice. You made a choice. So where is she now? Well, according to the Daily Beast, Kellen owns an interior design firm called SLK Designs. Although online mentions of it are scarce, records show the business once operated from a building in Midtown Manhattan owned by Epstein's brother. Also, per the Daily Beast, the condominium listed to take SLK design deliveries at 301 E66 Street is the same address where Epstein allegedly rented units to house models. I think that business is a lie. So she, I mean, she does have this, probably not anymore, but she was doing this design business, but she was doing it. The delivery address was Epstein's house up until like... Wow. Like he died, essentially. Is this like those QVC couples that are like, I make butterflies in picture frames for a living. I have $5 million to yeah, buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And even if she had stepped away from helping Jeffrey, she was still being connected to him. She was still choosing to have his resources. Yeah. So even if she was just doing an up and up design firm, she was still using him through like helping her, basically. Mm hmm. She is also married to a NASCAR driver, Brian Vickers. She, in fact, lives in extreme wealth. Right now, she lives in a $10 million condo in Manhattan. Hmm. Not surprisingly, both her and her husband have deleted all their social media, and Callan most certainly will have to face court again whenever Ghislaine finally tried. She's, I think, the most at risk of doing serious jail time. I mean, if she was using Epstein's penthouse. Also, I feel like a NASCAR driver would be a little more down to earth. Like, can you imagine marrying somebody and then like years later being like, hey, baby, I might go to jail for like helping out this worldwide pedophile. What? Well, <laughs> I don't think I have, there's no reason to believe that he has any involvement with this community, but he did know a lot of the same people, ran in the same circles he was known as a an extreme womanizer really? back in the day. He has never faced any charges, just to be clear. But um, yeah, so that's where Sarah is now. Uh, I want to move over to Adriana Ross. She's known sometimes as Adriana Musinska. Adriana Musinska. She sounds skinny and hot. Oh, yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, she's a former model from Poland who moved to Florida in 2002 and was hired to work at the financier's mansion. Hmm. There's next to no information about her upbringing, at least nothing I could find in English. At Poland. Yeah. If, <laughs> if we had a Polish translator, I know it seems like my family would know some Polish. They do not. Uh, maybe there would be more info in Polish media. I have not been able to find any, but if anybody has any Polish connections, let's talk. 
The Daily Mail put her at 36 in 2019. So if that's correct, she's about 38 currently and would have been 20 or so when she came to America. Perfect timing. Again, with him, like he's picking up the 20 year olds, grooming them so then they can groom other kids. It's like a business that runs itself. Oh, 100 percent. He had a whole system down with the help of Ghislaine, of course. Mm -hmm. I presume she came to America for her modeling career because she was signed with Elite Models back then. Elite is connected to John Casablancas, who has ties to Epstein and under scrutiny for his own actions currently. Oh, so you mean like this giant modeling agency is also corrupt? That's crazy. Yeah, it turns out all those guys who ran all those modeling agencies in the 90s, they were all perverts. That's crazy. I know. Where the models look like little children? Yeah. No way. Yep. No, I know. You never believe it. It's just where you <laughs> least expect. Just some real thin, like, sick, you know, be whatever body you want to be. But obviously some of these models look pretty miserable. Yeah, no, because a lot of them weren't naturally meant to be that skinny and they were encouraged to starve themselves. Some of those 90s models, like if you look back, whoo, it is it is like ghastly skinny. Yeah. Seeing bones. Because you off. can you can usually tell somebody who went through her own eating issues, you can tell when somebody's body is naturally meant to be very thin or whether they're usually you can tell when they're they're forcing it because you look unhealthy. And that was the thing that was Huge in the 90s. And it turns out a lot of those guys loved to have sex with children. Crazy. So <laughs> the <laughs> you can find a lot of photos with Epstein and Casablancas together. And it's reasonable to assume that Epstein met Adriana under such circumstances. How or why she went under his employ is unclear. She has been interrogated multiple times and has always pled the fifth. In fact, Ross was one of the several alleged accomplices questioned in 2010 civil suit about whether Britain's Prince Andrew participated in Epstein's alleged sex ring. And she never, never sang, never sang like a canary. Mm. She was accused, however, of clearing three computers from Epstein's home in Palm Beach, Florida in 2005, right before police raided it. This is connected to that 2008 imprisonment. But when asked about this, she exercised again her right to remain silent. In 2017, she and 35-year-old husband Ariel Salazar spent 350K on a modest two-bed family home in Miami Spring Gardens neighborhood where they plan on renovating. Today, she's employed as an accountant working long hours and rarely parties, according to friends. So she has really removed herself completely from this world. Um, That's smart. And also not really benefiting from it in any way like some of the others. From the very limited information I've been able to glean, she seemed to have taken on a more administrative role for Epstein, perhaps being more in the category of looking the other way mm. than being an actual instigator of assault. There, as far as I've been able to find, haven't been any direct accusations from victims, at least for physical damages from her. There is some reason why she was included on that agreement in 2008, however. So... What I've been able to pull from the very, very limited information I can find on her is that she was a good friend to Epstein and she worked for him, but in a way that was removed from the actual sex part of it. Just doing the accountants. I mean, I remember in New York when I worked for a coal company and I was looking at, because I was just doing the Excel spreadsheets and the bookkeeping. I was not actually 
in there digging for the coal and you sulfur. In, you weren't in the cave. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a miner. So it was like pretty easy to look the other way and be like, okay, so we have 25% sulfate in this batch and 15% nitrogen. Like you're not really putting two and two together of like, oh, this is a lot of chemicals being burned into the air. Yeah. And I think there could be some of that mixed with maybe what she could be accused of the most is knowing and just pretending it wasn't happening. Just going like, la, 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 la. I don't know. Just like has bookkeeping things. Yeah. Because <laughs> she may have come from, a, you know, a, I don't know. But she could have come from a not great circumstance in Poland. She's yeah. in this foreign country. She found this job and she's just like trying to make it. I don't know. Um, she also made at some point, there may be worse charges that come out about her. But so far, there's been really nothing. And she seems to have just wanted to like live a normal life, kind of. Yeah, Polish people are good at keeping secrets, <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> it's cold. You've got this massive government against you. I mean, I don't know a lot about Poland, but... um. You know, I imagine a pretty, you know, a lot of Eastern Europeans go to keeping secrets. Yeah, let's just make some snap judgments because I feel like I know what Poland is like. <laughs> I'm um, sorry, Polish people. I'm just kidding. I, do, I, I don't know. Tell us. Tell us about Poland. I'll go visit. Yeah. So from there, we go to Leslie Groff. Okay. So there is this uh, one of the accusers of Epstein. She did a, a civil suit. Civil suit. So <laughs> Jennifer Eros. Eros. A-R-A-O-Z. A-R-A-O-Z, yes. She accused Epstein of abusing her at his East 71st Street mansion in 2001 and 2002. It's expensive real estate. Yeah. And so because it's so complicated in the way that Epstein was able to dodge justice, a lot of times you want to bring in like civil suits because it's the only way that you can get anything addressed. Mm -hmm. So she did that a couple years ago. The first time that this woman visited the gentleman's $77 million townhouse Ooh. as a freshman in high school, she waited to meet Epstein in Groff's office, according to her suit. Her abusive massages of Epstein, which began when she was 14 years old, were often arranged by Groff, she claimed. Oh, my God. And like, you know, you're a little kid and you're going to this $77 million townhouse. You immediately have this sort of trusting thing to adults as kids were taught i guess adults know yes and then they, it's so expensive and like I, I don't know they could hurt me if i say something wrong yes and it, i would also it's important to note that this case was dismissed and she was cleared of the accusations that this woman made against leslie groff but she's leslie groff is notable because she is different than these other three women she's much older so leslie came from a more traditional arrangement instead of sort of being groomed from the modeling world she was just hired through the hiring process for her professional skills oh like a temp she went to the university of texas she had a degree she was like supposed to help him it's it was something more uh, official than a, like she had skills that were passed in administrative assistance she was helping him do like scheduling and and all kinds of like design stuff like she was a real professional person oh like like a skill task or like hey what do you call it there's um boo there's like she's professional you we are what so pathetic both of us like in entertainment we're like you know with the job the people that do the jobs the, the businesses 
And they have files. What's the thing? I remember talking to my friend who works in an office and I was like, so you just like fold paperwork all day? And she's like, no, Amber, I have things to do. And I was like, so you just type on the typewriter? <laughs> and I know she has a real job to yeah. make the world go around. My job is dumb. Yeah, I don't make no. the world go around. I say stupid things on this stupid microphone. Yeah, this is definitely our fault. They do real jobs. They do real jobs. <laughs> We're just like... You have a briefcase? Yeah, you swing it around and you take paper over there and put it over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. God help us all. So <laughs> so what we know from of Leslie Groff, who is now in her 50s, she started with him in her 20s. And she, so she was around him in these years where he was apparently grabbing all these girls. And the early 2000s is really when he was able to amass all of these people around oh him. Low-rise jeans and pedophilia. Oh, yes. And they kind of go hand in hand. They do. Because the only people who can pull off low-rise jeans have not gone through puberty yet, usually. Because, children. you know, everybody gets the muffin top, no matter how skinny you are, except like Paris Hilton and children. That's it. Remember? Oh, yeah. I also remember like Sync, and their manager molested them. Yeah. They came out. But then you go look at their old studio pictures and they're like, walking out of a pool dripping wet mm-hmm. at 13. Yeah. Like, oh, of course you were diddled. Yeah, of course. Unfortunately. And that sucks. And I'm not okay with little boys also being no, molested. not okay at all. And I will go on record as saying that and I'm very brave. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so she came in and I don't think she came in there's nothing to suggest that she came in because she was a fixer. She wasn't in it because of the this the sex stuff. She came in probably relatively clean. However, there had to become a point where she knew something was weird. And she denies that. She says she had nothing to do with that. She didn't work out of the place in New York where all of the models were. She didn't know anything about it. But like the woman who Eros accused her of was she was scheduling these things with little girls and she had to have known to some extent that something was weird and she was just going like oh these quirky rich guys whatever yeah what are you scheduling tea parties something's going on right and sort of again one of those i'm just gonna kind of look in the other direction i really don't there's been nothing that i could find to suggest that she was hands-on with these kids but you she know, probably was paid enough to look the other way. Well, exactly. So in addition to that, she was paid again. She was paid six figures. She had a lot of perks. There was a New York Times article in 2005 where it was talking about billionaires' assistants. And Epstein was in it because it was just another guy at the time. Uh, so from that article, it says, in addition to the rich payday, he also ladles on the perks. He maintains a charge account at Frederic Fakai. The society hairdresser for oh, their expensive uh-huh. uh, for their unlimited use and pays for all the food eaten during his lengthy business hours, including takeout from Le Cirque. I've been there. Okay, look at you. <laughs> right when I worked in corporate America, you could have been uh, you could have been trafficked. I could have. And the times it goes on to say he they would take private jet flights with him. He would take them all over the world. And when from the New York Times, when one of them, Leslie Groff, who was 38, became pregnant last year and talked of leaving, he bought her a Mercedes Benz E320 to make her commuting easier and great to pay for a full time nanny so that she could keep working for him. I'm surprised she even had a kid. A lot of these women's you don't have boyfriends, you don't have kids. Your life is this company. She might have had a little oopsie, you know. There's no way I could lose Leslie to motherhood, said Mr. Epstein, who is 
in his early 50s and is a bachelor. Fuck him. So he was also always renowned for paying very well. It was because he was trying to mask a lot of crimes, but he he paid out a lot and, and gave a lot to these women so that they I probably wouldn't talk. So I do I do think probably um, there was maybe some of the knowledge and that she sort of just again went like, oh, quirky guy. <laughs> yeah. And she has this kid. So she's like, I got to have the finances for the kid. Yeah. I mean, getting, getting fun cars, you know, it's easier to just uh, forget some stuff. Forget it. There was a few women that had kids in that corporate situation, a few, and they um, they were like, I'm doing it all for my kid, but then would never be with their kid. And I'm like, I think your kid, instead of going to private school, probably wants to spend time with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a weird. Remember, when we, we even talked about that with Ghislaine and her upbringing. Yeah. She started by being removed from her family. And I I think it probably isolated her in a lot of ways. Aside from this lawsuit that this other woman said when she was 14, Leslie Croft was arranging her massages, Sarah Ransom, who was another very outspoken accuser, said Groff also arranged travel for her and spoke to her about her weight loss after she was instructed to slim down. Mm. In a separate 2017 lawsuit filed by an anonymous Jane Doe, it was claimed that Groff was part of a circle of female recruiters close to Epstein. Groff coordinated schedules between Epstein and the various young females used for sex, made travel arrangements for the girls, tended to their living needs, and communicated with them in order to maintain their compliance with the rules of behavior imposed upon them by the enterprise. Wow. Look at these pedophiles like, and these, loving these rail thin women, which yeah. again, if you're rail thin and that's your body and you like it, you go for it. But if there's a man being like, no, you can only like snack on some nuts and seeds. <laughs> so I can nut. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thanks. And please don't. He's probably a pedophile. Probably. He's probably a pedophile. (laughs) Oh, that was the uh, Jeff Foxworthy moment. (laughs) Oh, I miss him. Uh, So Groff, I think, came to, like we said, in the most normal way, came to Epstein. And I think she more along the lines, like, did the other side of it. I don't think she was one of the ones instructed to go out and find girls. She just arranged a couple things um which makes her a scumbag by Mm -hmm. the way i'm not trying to uh i think if anything the what she should do if she gives a shit is to say i didn't question it and i should have and i'm really sorry yeah it's like hitler's guards you know where people are in encampments and they're like we were just following orders i'm like yeah these are bad orders yeah they're they're bad what were you (laughs) But, but she's sort of taking the side of I'm the victim. I have no idea what this was. And I was just being a good woman job lady. Just batting her eyes and be like, but I didn't know. Right. Except she was, you know, in her mid 30s. And yeah, you know. She knew. She knew. <laughs> so then we're going to come, we're going to conclude here with Nadia Marcinkova. She was born in 1986, and this is going to be disastrous. Kolsh Czechoslovakia? Kolshki. Ooh. Czechoslovakia, now uh, Slovakia. This is a really another hairy one because no matter how you feel about her by the end, it's all really horrifying. Mm. According to Marcinkova herself from an interview with NYCFirst.org in 2013, she began modeling at the age of 16. Horrible. Already. Already I'm scared. This is not even the, this is like the best of it. Modeling at 16? No way. No. According to testimony from an anonymous victim of Epstein's, he told this victim that Marcinkova was his sex slave, that he had purchased her from her family in former Yugoslavia when she was 15. My God. For just like, what, a donkey? 
I don't know. Here's your daughter. We don't. I, mean, I guess if you're like in poverty, you're just like, yeah, I'll take this money. I guess, but also go fuck yourself. Yeah. Selling your child. And what does that say to her? Her as a young child is, oh, I am worth a price. And also people are worth a price. Yeah. I I, I can't I can't sympathize with somebody for selling in their child. But no. we don't know the accuracy of this claim in the public currently. Maybe it'll come out in the courts at some point. But for what it's worth, her family denies it, allegedly. Of course they would. No, no, I would never sell my daughter. Yeah. I can't believe they weren't like, yeah, I was hungry. <laughs> I haven't found any documents where they explain why their 15-year-old child was living with Epstein. But anyway, similar to Sarah and Adriana, she seemed to have come from a precarious background without a lot of guardianship. However, according to written testimony by several alleged victims, Marcinkovo is described as having encouraged and engaged in sexual acts with young girls while Epstein watched. That's fucking disgusting. And of course, like, he's always looking for girls without a strong family unit and always, like, pushing for women to have kids and, and um, or, or just, like, kind of disavow their children and come work for him. Like, he's pushing for this, like... And I don't want to be the, one of those conservative Twitters, like loss of family values, but that's what he's pushing for because it's easier to like sweep in and be like, oh, I'll be your father. I'll be your daddy. What are you, 14 years old? And no one's like taking you to get your hair done like a father should or like taking you out to the park. I'll go take you out and then like molest him. Absolutely. And in that way, it's also can that can happen in conservative or liberal bubbles. It can happen on either side because... You have this Epstein party time dude who's doing it out in the open. And then you have it in the conservative circle under the guise of I'm your church leader. Yeah. I'm the vocal mouthpiece of God. So yeah. let me, you can trust me with your child. So, <laughs> you know, you can't go anywhere. Can't go anywhere. Can't win them all. They're just all looking for lost people. Yes, that is true. And so from the Miami Herald, Jean Doe One said at age 16 in 2004, she went to Epstein's house about 15 times. And each time mm -hmm. the encounters became more sexual and eventually led to full intercourse with Epstein and Marcinkova. According to statement, Jane Doe One told Palm Beach Detective Joe Riccari, who died last year. Oh, he, did he die? Did he die last year or was he suicided last year? We'll see. We don't know. Well, let's we should find out. I don't trust anything. <laughs> so in 2004, Nadia would have been about 18. That's still incredibly young. And if at 18, she was already at this level of engagement, he most certainly was grooming her before then. Yeah. If you're 18, you're going to think someone in their 50s is icky. You, you know, if you aren't brainwashed. Yeah. So you definitely gonna be brainwashed. But what about as she grew older? So apparently Marcinkova moved into the role of a procurer for young women for Epstein later, court documents have alleged. A claim her lawyer has denied, saying she was only a victim. She has not been charged with any crime in relation to Epstein's case thus far. She has been described as loyal to the pervert, however. This is from, uh, I think this is from the New York Post. She allegedly visited him 90 times while he was in a Florida jail in 2008. This, this is the, the fake jail that oh, he went to. Oh, leave at night. Yeah. And she also was able to just go see him. Oh, cool. Yeah, just like regular jail. Yeah, uh, just like regular jail. So photos have surfaced showing them together, kind of like lovey-dovey on Pedophile Island. Mm. Pedophile Island. That's a weird Animal Crossing name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Maybe if he would have had Animal Crossing, he could have just done this virtually and like stopped doing it in real life. To actual human beings. If only Animal Crossing had been there before. 
So this kind of, instead of making me think, oh, she was into this, it kind of makes me feel even sicker because she probably had very, very, very few options. Not only was she shipped to this foreign country alone, she was a child at the time. Yeah. And now she's on this island, literally trapped in the middle of the ocean with this fucking old, gross creep. Away from her family that probably sold her. She can't trust anybody. No. And so she's doing what she can do to survive. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. A source told them the Daily Mail, Nadia and Jeffrey seem to really love each other, which, oh, 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 no, that is a man with a little girl. No. They didn't love each other. No. It was if they had a romantic relationship, they were affectionate to each other, often holding hands. Fuck you. He, he made that. He molded that like Play-Doh into her. Yeah. And he owns the mail. The, the I mean, he owns all these news outlets and people that control the outlets. Of course, they're going to write like, oh, they love each other and not like gross man fucks 18 year old girl. Ugh, it, it, it's she, her lawyers have said she's severely traumatized by her time. And I find that very hard to not believe. Like, she, of course, she may have participated in a lot of this. And I, I really feel for the other victims who she was instigating sex with when she was still a teenager i don't really put her at fault for that no i think she was trying to survive she doesn't know what a normal life is no uh nadia pursued and achieved her pilot's license at age 23 okay she said this because it helped her conquer her fear of flying um did jeffrey have anything to do with it Uh, he most certainly helped fund it he was her only source of income and this could have been tied to how he helped Ghislaine get her helicopter's license. If you recall, she got her license. And when you have these modes of transportation that are private, it's a lot easier to ship whatever you'd like Just around. Just use them. Damn, this dude's smart. But Fuck. I think I think she went on to be a professional pilot. Like, I think it is something yeah. she actually loved. I can imagine there's like the psychology of it. I'm her away. being trapped is like, no, I can fly wherever I want now. That makes sense to me. Yeah, there's no rapists in the sky. Yeah. Much safer than ships, as we've learned, and we're going to keep learning. We're going to do a couple episodes on how many ship crimes there's been. So many. Missing people. Never get on a boat, ladies. Never get on a boat. But apparently a plane's pretty safe. Mm. Unless, I guess, you're on 
Lolita Express. I had a a guy who uh, wanted to take me out on his boat. And I was like, maybe. And then I said, no. And he flipped out. He's like, get on my boat. Ah! Get on my boat. And I was like, you know what? No. I might have gotten on your boat if you were chill. But now that you're pushing me to get on your boat, I'm going to stay on land, you sicko. What? Yeah. That is a good lesson for anyone out there. If anybody is screaming, get on my boat. Don't get on your boat. Don't ever get on that boat. Run. Yeah, get away. Get farther into <laughs> land. Away from the water. Yeah. Ooh, that's horrifying. Um, I'm glad you didn't get on it. Get on my boat. <laughs> get on my boat. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess he really likes me. I guess if you yell at me hard enough, I'll do it. I mean, that was me at like 18, of to course. be honest. This is how this happens. Because he grooms me. He probably screams at him and like, okay, I get, I get on the boat. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If you're out there and you're a teenager and you're listening and you're like, I'm smarter than this, you probably are. We've yes. become more savvy over time. But just remember. Watch out. Don't let anybody scream, get on my boat, Tio. <laughs> um, regardless, it's pretty clear from multiple testimonies that Nadia was groomed and raped by Epstein from the age of 15 years old. Mm. She, to me, is one of the ones I have the hardest time reckoning with because I feel like she just had so few options and her brain was being fucked with at such a young age. I tried finding the latest date she had connected with Epstein and it seems like the mid to late aughts when she was in her early 20s. While I feel for the victims who say she helped Epstein pressure them into sex during this time period, I also feel like she was kind of a victim in that situation. I, uh, what do you think? How do you feel about that, Amber? Yeah, I mean, it's such a hard coin toss of victim or villain. You're right. I mean, but also, I guess there's no such thing as a true villain. Villains usually think what they're doing is for the good or, or they don't know any better. But she did it. it it's you really, know? yeah, she did. It, she did. It's really how young she was that makes me kind of pull back from calling her a villain in that situation. But I wasn't one of the girls who was being assaulted, so I can't fully say that. And I don't know if this what Nadia was doing was traumatizing to them, but she also was a kid in a lot of ways. Um, And there was a lot of kids that were molested and then didn't grow up to be abusers. Right. They didn't. Right. It's fair to say that in the scope of possibilities, she could have just said, fuck you and walked out. That's not usually what happens in grooming situations. And I'm not blaming anyone for not doing that. But certainly she did it. She did it. But this is sort of why I wanted to do this episode, because I think this will happen a lot on this show. There are sometimes shades of gray. And I think it's important to look at those and be thoughtful about them, because a lot of in the past, this isn't always the case. Sometimes women are the instigators entirely on their own, but a lot of times women are groomed from a young age into these things. And men too, and boys. It's not just women by any stretch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so in the early 2000s, her name or initials appeared in flight logs dozens of times. And like mentioned before, she visited him repeatedly in 2008 in his prison cell. What we know of is that she was most active with him in the early to mid-aughts, maybe even late-aughts. This is from Wired Magazine, a really interesting article they put out. The available manifest record no flight of NM, or that's her initials, to Bratislava, which is where she's from, or anywhere in Slovakia, which Marcinko told a plane enthusiast magazine was her home country. And because the manifests from 2000 are not available, it's still not clear whether or not she left home in an Epstein plane. And that is still something that is speculated upon because he made these comments and because she came over so young, he could have literally picked her up in a plane and flew over. We don't know at this time. I mean, that sounds 
of course, I don't want to state things that aren't true and then make the whole podcast bunk, but it sounds pretty obvious to just go take your little plane, fly it to, I mean, I don't know how many planes go to Slovakia, to be honest. Well, not many. And in these other um, model management people, there's been a lot of um, accusations that haven't been tried in court yet, but that they would procure him little girls and stuff a lot. So this could have been, she could have been this quote unquote discovered and propositioned by Epstein and her family was just like, okay with that. Yeah. They probably thought it was a modeling agency. They didn't think like, oh, I'm selling my daughter to a pedophile. They might maybe. Yeah. They were like, oh, this guy's going to take care of her. But the communication between them seemed to have like dissipated as she got older. However, on March 22nd, 2019, so this is right as all of the shit is hitting the fan with Epstein, his plane is going crazy. It is traveling all over the place. It's like it's like he almost knows these are his last free days and he's just like traveling all these different countries either to do something weird and fucked up or just to like threaten people or whatever. But his plane is flying all over. And on March 22nd, Epstein's Gulfstream GVSP flew from Paris to Bratislava and returned five hours later. It's curious because it seems a random place to just go have lunch for funsies. For five hours, yeah. Um, Why would you go to Bratislava other than to do something with her family? Like either threaten them or pay them off so they wouldn't talk? That makes... Like that could be make a lot of sense. Go so, like, here's some money. Don't tell them I was grooming your daughter. Um, but he was there. He was there in Bratislava for five hours. Don't I doubt he's going to the cheesecake factory. I don't think they even have cheesecake there. I don't know. I don't want to disparage Bratislava. It's Bratislava? probably great. I don't want to. You know, what? I'm gonna look at what's going on in Bratislava. Yeah, let's see. Let me see. Maybe you went there for something super pure. Pure A-T-I-S-L-A-V-A, Bratislava. Officially, the population is about 430,000. Interesting. Hmm. And there's a castle. There's a whole castle there. Ooh. Capital I mean, I would go check it out. That sounds great. So what are the things to do? So there's a plan a trip to Bratislava. Got it. There's the castle. There's a Hrad Devin, which is another castle. There's St. Martin's Cathedral. There's Michael's Gate. Old Town Hall, Presidential Palace. So there's a lot of palaces, churches, Slavin. It's a war memorial. So you can go to church, you can go see a war memorial, or you can go to a castle. So he was just sightseeing. Yeah, there you go. That must have been what he was doing on those last flights. He just wanted to check out some beautiful architecture before he went to jail. I mean, to be honest, it looks very beautiful over there. Yeah, it sounds fun. I would like to actually. I'd go, please. (laughs) Um, So... There are so many unanswered questions, clearly, that we can only hope Ghislaine's trial brings forth some of the truth as they begin to turn on one another. Wired Magazine goes on to ask, did Nadia at 15 run away with Epstein or a recruiter? Was she, as alleged, actually purchased as a slave and from whom, for how much, in what currency, with what trace of transaction? What did the future aviatrix feel at 15 on her way to the US? Was she taking her first ride of many in a private jet? Was this a hastily arranged passport? Did other girls fly with her? Hopefully, if there were crimes committed by her family, she at least gets to tell her side at some point. Oh, my God. 15. I doubt she even knew she was flying to America or what even what it was like in America. God knows. God knows. And that is, I think, why I put that in a really succinct way. There are so many questions that 
nobody's asking. And to me, that also represents a sect of the missing. These things happened. Why aren't we answering these questions? If she was taken from her family at that age, why isn't anybody pursuing that? Yeah. Was there a company taking her, a modeling agency, one dude, some fly-by-night person? Why? How was this allowed to happen? Yeah. And there's another guy, too, Jean-Luc Brunel, who is French, and he ran a model management company with Epstein called MC2. And he is, as far as I know, uh, never faced any charges for the hundreds of accusations against him. Wow. Just rape, um, child abuse. What's his name again? Jean-Luc Brunel. Interesting. Um, and what does he do again? He ran a model management company with Epstein. So it, it was a huge modeling agency in Florida for a long time. I always thought that a lot of those modeling agencies were just gatekeepers into some weird world that, I don't know. Like no, some, yeah. a lot of it is. Somebody, I worked in modeling in the aughts mostly, and I was with a few agencies, and I very fortunately was never directly assaulted from my agencies, but I'm sure it's changed over time, and, and some are better than others, but they definitely, it's a toxic environment. You are kind of treated like cattle, and you are dehumanized a lot. So wow, just getting you used to it early on of being like, I got to look perfect to get the attention. And if yeah. I don't get the attention and do what they want, then I won't be the special pick. Yeah. I mean, basically, yeah, a lot of it is that. And then it's you can see how easy it is to just sort of lily pad step stone to assault from yeah. that. It's pretty it's pretty easy. As if soon you, as you start dehumanizing somebody, it's yeah, pretty easy. It, what, like five, four, five, three when they start dancing? I know. I mean, you get your brain ingrained in that. That's like a rewiring. I mean, it's been difficult for me to quit smoking. And I've only been smoking for a few years. Yeah. Not since I was three years old. That's a total rewiring of your brain. We got to ban dancing. (laughs) (laughs) No more dancing in this town of Footloose. Nope. No, there's a lot of toxic culture in dance, too. I I have a lot more positive connections to dance, for sure. More over modeling. But yeah, it can all get bad. But... There are things that are getting better about it. And, it is and I think it, one of the things that helps it get better is us discussing things like this and talking about how we get here. Mm. And so those are the, the four. And I hope this is the last I need to talk about Jeff's egg dick for <laughs> ever. He's too smart for me. These men are too crafty. I'm, again, kind of dumb. The way he's just getting women at a young age. So they're like, quote unquote, legal enough, but still young enough to brainwash, brainwashing them to get younger girls and then getting the women their pilot's license. So they will gleefully fly him to Bratislava. No questions asked. You can't ask that of like a Delta Airlines pilot. I hope not. (laughs) You know what I mean? So he has this like whole interconnected network of people that have been brainwashed. It's a cult. Under him. That's probably why he was like going after Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't know what going after specifically, but he would seek out people. This this is the other side of that coin. The way that he was able to isolate people, uh, an extremist religion like Jehovah's Witnesses can also isolate people in the same way. So it is a cult mentality that a lot of times when you leave one cult, you accidentally fall into another one, even if you're not trying to. I went from Southern Baptist to UCB, so. (laughs) Got (laughs) him. I can see the connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but worship our dear Supreme Leader, Del Close. Yes. (laughs) He thought women were witches. Of course. Also Southern Baptist. 
Yeah, and guess again, jokes on them. Being a witch is awesome. Yes, it is. Sorry, dudes. You could be a warlock if you want. Not yeah. as cool. I, I mean, know. it's still pretty cool. It's still pretty cool, though. Yeah, so uh, we're going to close that one out. And thank you, Amber, for discussing this with me. I appreciate your thoughts on how you're, you see these these women. And I don't think any of us will ever come to the exact same conclusion about what you think is right or wrong. But um, I, I think it's important to, to, to look at the different shades of, of gray here because... I think maybe, you know, one or two of these are a little bit more culpable than the other ones. And hopefully court will expose this and and, and treat it fairly and look at it in the, the ways that I think I personally think. Because I think the court should be run how I think. <laughs> uh, what I think is right. So, yeah, I mean, these kind of cases, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's a hard thing that they made the choice. They made the decision to do this and to work for him. Mm -hmm. But then they were also groomed as well. Yeah. So uh, just be careful out there, everybody. Um, don't get groomed because that's <laughs> all you got to say to somebody. And uh, yeah, fuck anybody who um, is telling you to like stop talking to your family. I think that's the thing we can take, yeah. take away. Unless your family's like beating you or something. Maybe yeah. you shouldn't talk to them. And it's like a counselor. Yeah, and a it's a, like a <laughs> licensed therapist telling yeah. you not to. Probably then you should go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we will be back next week with a, a whole new series. And so I'm looking forward to that. And you can follow us at Someplace Underneath on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me at The Natty Jean and Amber. Amber Smelson. I'm on Patreon where I show you my cooking videos. Every Friday, I am on Twitch on Amber Smelson, having a chat on my porch and also on Twitter and Instagram. Ooh, porch thoughts, huh? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fun. I just have a drink in the chat with people. That sounds great. Yeah. We should do that in real life. Can we be friends just on... <laughs> not on the internet? Just sure. All right. Hell Why yeah. not? Let's try it. <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.